Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along today on this Thursday morning as we continue looking at the prayers of Paul and some of the things that Paul prayed for us that we should be praying for ourselves and for others to make sure that, that we're on target and hitting the right things that we should be pursuing in our Christian life. I've been mentioning before, we're in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prayed that we would know the power of God, that we would know the riches of God's inheritance in us, and that we would <clears throat> know our calling and the hope of our calling. Rarely have I heard anyone pray for these things, and yet these are the type of things we should be praying regularly. This is the type of person God wants to make us and transform us into this. Well, there's another prayer this morning that we want to look at, and that is <clears throat> Paul prayed that God, in Ephesians 1 verse 17, he said, I pray that, the, the, that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Well, that's interesting, that God would help us understand him. I think the hero, him here probably refers to Christ, <clears throat> but that God would help us and give us, give us this supernatural wisdom, this supernatural understanding, this supernatural insight and revelation into the knowledge of God. Now, as you think about this, this is very, very important because the knowledge of God, we need it for salvation. John 17, 3, Jesus prays and he says, he says, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Brothers and sisters, that's, that's where eternal life comes from. You've got to know Christ personally if you want to have eternal life. And then in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we read that God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, you've got all that you need if you have the true knowledge of Christ. Everything you need in life can be found ultimately through Christ. As it says in Colossians chapter 2, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So <clears throat> I'd like to talk a little bit about this idea of the knowledge of Christ because it's assumed, you know, when we come to Christ, when we get saved, we say, do you know the Lord? And sometimes it can be as if we say, well, I know him, and if that's it, I've, I've come to that place, I've kind of got that notch in my belt. Yes, I know the Lord. What's next? But Paul's praying for Christians here that they might know the Lord, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In Colossians 1.10, in a similar prayer, <clears throat> he says he prays that they would increase or grow in the knowledge of God. And so that's a question that we should be asking, brothers and sisters. Are we increasing in the knowledge of God? This should be our prayer, that God would reveal himself to us. Now, it's got to be God revealing because we're talking about a spiritual element here. We're talking about God is spirit. You can't see him with your eyes, hear him with your ears, touch him with your hands, smell him, or taste him, fit with your physical senses. <clears throat> we know God and approach God by our spiritual senses. We can taste and see that the Lord is good. We can have eyes to see and ears to hear as Jesus prayed. We can sense the presence of God even though we can't touch him. And so 
we want to know God and we want to increase, but he's got to reveal himself to us. Sometimes on campus to explain this point, I ask the students, <clears throat> I say, what number am I thinking of? A number between one and a thousand, what number is it? Well, obviously nobody knows. Some people might have a better guess than another. They might, you know, guess the, the three numbers that would make up my birthday. Or they might guess a favorite verse of mine. Or the students like to say 666 is the number they think I've got in my mind. But the truth is they cannot know what number is in my mind unless I reveal it to them. Because it's something they don't have the knowledge of. It's in my brain, not theirs. Likewise, people can have guesses about God. But the only way you can really know what God is like is if God reveals himself to us. And of course, this revelation was made through our Lord Jesus Christ. He was the perfect revelation of God. He, show, he shows us the character of God, the nature of God. He laid aside his privileges, shall we say, it says in Philippians chapter 2. And he did not, for instance, he was confined to one place. He was not omnipresent. He had to grow and learn in knowledge. He was not omniscient at the things of this nature, but we saw the, the character and the nature of God revealed to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we also see and find the nature of God through the Scripture, and the Scripture tells us about God. Have you ever read through the Bible and said, mm, that doesn't seem right, why would God do that, or I don't like that part of God, or I kind of like this God being like this, I don't like when God's like that. And sometimes we even judge God. I hear it all the time on the campus, people judging God and thinking they're better than God. It's interesting that this verse in uh, Ephesians 1.17, this word knowledge or true knowledge, it certainly relates to our experience, but the, the exact actual word means the precise and correct knowledge is what's the idea. The precise and correct knowledge of God. Everybody has ideas about God. You can talk to atheists, and they'll tell you what they think God is like. You can talk to people of all kinds of religions, even in the realm of the Christian faith. All kinds of people have different ideas about God. How do you get the correct and precise knowledge of God? We get it through the Scripture. We get it through the revelation of God. God gives us the scripture. He gave us Jesus Christ. And then he gives us, in answer to prayer, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of God. I mentioned that everybody's got ideas about God. Listen to this verse from Psalm 50. To the wicked, God says, what right have you to tell of my statutes and to take my covenant in your mouth? You hate discipline. You cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you're pleased with him. You associate with adulterers. You let your mouth loose in evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you've done, and I kept silent. You thought I was just like you. I will reprove you and state the case in order before your eyes. How interesting. These were the wicked, and they were engaging in wicked things, and because God did not bring the judgment upon them immediately and his mercy and his kindness, he was holding off, giving them an opportunity to repent. But he says, you thought I was just like you. I've noticed that people are like this. 
we tend to think God is like us. Maybe that's because we think too highly of ourselves. Maybe it's our hope that we, you know, we're good enough and self-righteous in our self-righteousness. I'm like God. We tend to think God is just like us, but he's not. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above ours. That's the heavens are above the earth. His ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. This is why it's so critical that we find out the correct and precise knowledge of God because we can tend in and of ourselves to have false ideas about God. And dear, and brothers and sisters, let's be honest. We see that in the world. We see all kinds of people have crazy ideas about what God is like. But we need to be increasing in the knowledge of God. You and I, people who are followers of Christ, we need to be increasing in the exact, precise, correct knowledge of God. And that means embracing what we see in Jesus Christ, having uh, an, an open, hungry, attentive mind to really study the life of Jesus and see how he lived, the values he had, what was important to him. We want the correct and precise knowledge of God and studying all of Scripture, including the Old Testament and how God behaved and what God said and the heart of God as seen here. How do we increase in the knowledge of God. What do we do? Well, Paul prayed for it this year. He prayed that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We should be praying for this. When was the, I know we say we know the Lord, but when was the last time you asked him and said, Father, I want to know you better. I want to know you more. In Proverbs, it said, Proverbs chapter two, it says that we are to lift up our voice and cry aloud to God, cry aloud, lift up our voice. Then we will discover the fear of the Lord and learn the knowledge of God. This is what we want to do. We want to learn the knowledge of God. Sometimes learning the knowledge of God requires suffering. Shall we say dying to the self-life? I suppose this is what we would say happened with Job. Job knew God. But at the end of Job, in Job chapter 42, he says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. What's Job saying? After his experiences, as difficult as they were, he came out of it a better man. He came out of it blessed. And one of the blessings he received, he said, was a greater knowledge, a greater experience, a greater understanding of the Almighty. And then, of course, I want to add one other thing. Very popular verse, John 14, verse 21. If we want to know the Lord, Jesus says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. So, brothers and sisters, let's increase in the knowledge of God. Let's know God better today than we did six months ago or a year ago. I know you come here every day, day after day. I believe you're growing in the knowledge of God. I know I am. Being, just being here in the Word every day on these YouTubes, on these live streams, I know I'm growing in my knowledge of God, my understanding as I'm getting in the Word more and more. And I've been following Christ for 50 years, but we're, I'm going to be learning about Him for all of eternity, and I believe you will be as well. God is a, the infinite God. We want to be growing in our understanding. His ways are above our ways like the heavens above the earth. We want to be growing in our understanding 
years ago I said, God, if you and I disagree about something, I'll just settle it ahead of time. You're right, and I'm wrong. I know it sounds simple and obvious, but I was noticing that so many of the times I was struggling with trials is because I thought I was right. I've discovered that God really is different than us. We can be made like him. We're to be conformed to the image of Christ. We can embrace his values. We can embrace him. We can become like the Lord. Not when we'll be omnipotent or omniscient, but we are to be imitators of him in love and in goodness and holiness. First Peter, be holy as I am holy. Ephesians 5, be imitators of God and walk in love. We can become like the Lord. Romans 9, 8, we're being conformed to his very image. And so we've got to grow and understand what he's like because we're not there yet. We've got a ways to go. Amen? So, Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you with all of our heart and praise you for who you are. We confess your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, so your ways are above our ways. We have so far to grow. We, want, we, we, we are not self-righteous and proud as to think we've got it all figured out. We know you through Jesus Christ, but we believe we can know you better and increase and grow in the knowledge of God and how I pray we would. I want to pray, Father, for each one on this live stream. Each one of us would be growing in the knowledge of God, increasing in the knowledge of God. Our understanding and knowledge of you would be more precise and more correct and that we'd be teachable and alert and learning so that even things in Scripture that maybe we're uncomfortable with, we would realize maybe it's us that needs to change, not you. Maybe the problem's not with the Bible. Maybe it's with us. And I pray that we would gain great insight into who you are and embrace you for who you are and worship you for who you are, and you would transform us to be more and more like you, to think like you to have values like you, to love like you, to be good like you, to have the precise knowledge of God and that we would know what you're wanting us to live like and be like, what we're to aim for. We pray for this. I pray for each one of us. I pray the same thing for our pastors. Pray for the people in our church and our small groups. I pray, we pray for the people in our family. We pray for our nation. Lord, our nation has a false idea of you. So often, even believers have false ideas about you. We pray, Father, that we, as a, we would be growing and increasing in the true and precise and correct knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for this. We give you this day to walk with you and to love you and to follow you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being along with me today. God bless you. God bless you. So glad to have you along. I pray you come back every day. We're not once a week Christians. We come every day. I'll be here tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. Because we think that as we're getting the Word of God every day, bit by bit, we're growing in the knowledge of God. We're growing in understanding His power, His life, His victory, that we're His inheritance and in our calling. All of these things we're growing in, and I hope you'll be a part of it because we've got a lot of growth to do. Amen? God bless you. Until we meet tomorrow. I'll see you then, and until we meet tomorrow, God bless you, God strengthen you, God make his face shine upon you, fill you with his grace, his peace, his love, and his joy. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.